Welcome to Red Rank Podcast. I'm your host, The Crow Show, home of the smoothest voice on Twitch. I'm very proud to present my next interview in a series where I'll be interviewing Dead by Daylight content creators. I was lucky enough to talk to Sergeant Fidget the other day. We had a really amazing conversation. He was very generous with his time, and I really appreciate that. We talked about his experience growing up in a small town in Nova Scotia and his journey from Toronto to where he lives now in Vancouver, B.C., I'm also in BC, so it's really cool to talk to somebody who's pretty uh, pretty close to me. Uh, he had some really interesting stories. We talked about life, and that's one of my main goals with these interviews. I really want to just talk about life. And yeah, there's Dead by Daylight, the common thing that brings us together. But there's a lot more to us than you know just this game and streaming and content creation. He talked about his experience as a bartender. Talked about acting techniques and experiences with acting that helped him become who he is and finding his own comfort and happiness and self-confidence through acting. And I think that's a beautiful story. Uh, we talked about his unique streaming uh, techniques. And, and of course, we had to talk a lot about TikTok. We, we both met through TikTok and um, we talked about our coping strategies and techniques because there's a lot of trolls there. And he had some really amazing things that I'm going to take away and practice moving forward when it comes to dealing with trolls. If you enjoy this conversation, and if you want to hear more, I do have other interviews. I, I interviewed Elix and Pickle Soup, so be sure to check those out if you haven't. And you've helped me out a great deal if you follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download podcasts, and where you can, please leave a rating and a review. It helps me out a great deal. So why don't you sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation with Sergeant Fidget. Quick editor's note, I had the wrong microphone set up for this interview, so I apologize. It's my headset mic. I sound kind of scuffed, but Fidget sounds great. That's what matters the most. All right, everybody. I'm very thrilled uh, to introduce my next guest, Sergeant Fidget, uh, who is a partner Twitch streamer, Dead by Daylight Maine, has a background in acting, and grew up in Nova Scotia and lived in various places like Toronto and now calls Vancouver, BC home. Did a bunch of research and is a really interesting person. So I thought, hey, let's let's bring him in for a chat. So why don't you say hi to everybody? That was the most interesting thing right there. The rest just boring, boring from here on out. <laughs> it's just downhill from here. <laughs> just downhill from here. Oh, no. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, I, I under, oh, and your pronouns are he, him. Correct. Um, and I don't know if I've officially said mine uh, on the podcast, but my pronouns are he, him as well. Uh, but you, you grew up in a small town in Nova Scotia, right? Extremely small. Like, for example, my elementary school, primary through six, mm -hmm. on a busy year would be like, 60 65 kids wow very <laughs> very small that is so what what's it like reflecting on your small town days to living in the big city in vancouver now i'm really glad that i grew up in a small small country like that because i feel it contributed to my imagination which obviously translates into like the acting world and whatnot mm -hmm. because you know you don't have malls like down the block or all these other city things theaters whatever that you take for granted if you live in a city mm -hmm. so I, I remember as kids me and my friends we would play power rangers where we're fighting invisible like the the putty warriors or whatever they oh, were right. we're mm -hmm. like in the yard just like fighting invisible putty things but having like the best time 
and oh, and, yeah. we, and like we were surrounded by woods right so i remember we had like so many options we would have in one part would be like our summer camp and then we for the winter we would go to like another camp like all in the same yard and everything but we just had so much to work with we would designate different areas so it it definitely is a a big reason of who i am today Mm -hmm. and it's kind of nice to like even when i'm walking around like vancouver whatever yeah all these conveniences are here but i never forgot where i came from Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I, I grew up at a tiny little island. And no, uh, kind of as you're describing that, I'm like, yep, we had woods like that, too. And we'd run around the woods and we'd have like little sticks we'd use for swords and stuff. Occasionally, somebody would accidentally whack somebody a little too hard and cause a bit of a scene. <laughs> and uh, definitely know those days. Walk it off. Walk it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> So you uh, you've lived kind of all over Canada, right? Like you lived in Toronto as yeah, well. So what was that like? Toronto. I whenever I look back on Toronto, so I was there for five and a half years. Okay. Toronto. When I look back on it, I always say I was happy that I moved there. I was happy that I lived there. It especially because I started bartending in Toronto. Like that's how I uh, paid my bills before I became a full time streamer. Mm-hmm. And in doing all that, it gave me thicker skin. I got a lot tougher. But by the end of it, I would say, so I, I left after five and a half years. And I'll say around the five year mark, yeah. I was starting to kind of him and haw. And now that I've been in BC for two years, just over two years, right? I, I look back at Toronto and I go, loved living there. Really glad I did. Don't regret it at all. But I don't necessarily miss it. Yeah, I, I did what I wanted to do there, but it was time to move on. And I, I, I know obviously I've only been here for two years compared to five and a half, but I'm right. really, really enjoying my time here in Vancouver. There's a, in the, there's a lot of little things here and there that remind me of home, okay. which Toronto didn't give me. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like there's even a place, it's only like a 10 minute walk from me, mm-hmm. uh, but I can go there and it. whenever I go there, it reminds me and makes me feel like I'm back at my neighbors who lived across the street from me. They yeah. had like a, like a, a river. Mm-hmm. near them and it always just the, the the whole area just makes me feel like i'm back there and it's oh, that's so awesome. close to here i i actually found it thinking in the first couple of days that i lived here i was just I, you know i was kind of stressed from you know moving halfway across the country again and yeah. trying to figure out everything so i just went for a walk and i found this place accidentally oh and wow. just sat there for like an hour and was like i can't believe i'm i'm all the way across canada but this spot right here just reminds me of like the smallest most insignificant place back home in nova scotia oh that's amazing that's a great feeling i, I remember i went to um a pier with my mother and uh, we i mentioned we grew up in a tiny little island and we caught up there was a certain scent with this the the salt in the air like this mm-hmm. ocean smell and i i said mom did you did you feel that she was like yeah she was like it's just like home so it's a great feeling it's it's crazy how one little sense of like smell or something can trigger so many memories that are like buried deep in your in your brain oh big time i i listened to a previous podcast you were in and you talked about and i think you just mentioned a little bit earlier about bartending um how did that toughen up your skin in terms of like <laughs> what are some th- what are some things people don't realize bartenders go through? 
on the so, day-to-day. A lot, not like a hundred percent of the time, of course. Like I, I could tell like some awesome like people I've met through like bartending and like funny stories and funny customers and whatnot. But you'll get experiences where here's the thing about bars and restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different people in this world. There's a lot of like really nice people. And there's a lot of not so nice people, but the one thing they have in common is they all got to eat. Yeah. They all want to have a drink every now and then. So you get such a wide variety of people coming in and anyone who's had any experience with alcohol, even just like casually, will will know that it can really bring out some things in people. Right. So I remember like people will be your best friend until like maybe you have to cut them off and not even in like a like a spiteful way you're just you're you're trying to look out for them because that's the bartender's job right oh if, right yeah if like say someone gets too drunk at a bar and they leave and they get hurt they can come back and sue like the restaurant and the bartender wow. We're responsible for them right yeah so i remember like there was this saint patrick's night where we had a ton of Irish people, like a big group of Irish people come in and they were mm-hmm. super fun, super great, like having a good time, having a laugh, super easy to talk to. Yeah. But they were there for a long time, okay. like a really long time. Yeah. And it got late into the night where I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I know you're having a good time, but I can't I can't serve you anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's it's some of you are a little far. I, I don't remember exactly how I phrase it. I was not so like blunt as I'm putting it right now because this was mm-hmm. five years ago. So I'm trying to remember exactly. But like tried to politely cut them off. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't serve you anymore or whatever. They it was like hitting a switch. They wow. instantly turned on me. They were threatening me. They were telling me they were going to wait outside the restaurant for us to close so they can beat me and essentially oh, kill me geez. just because I cut them off and told them yeah. I couldn't serve them any more alcohol. And so it, like if that had happened to me in, but before I moved to Toronto and was still Nova Scotia, that would have rattled me. Like, oh, a yeah. Lot. yeah. But by that point, like I had been at this, I had been at this bar for a year at this point. So a lot of things had toughened me up leading me up to this point. So I just like waved at them and said, okay, guys, I'll, I'll see you out there. And of course, when I went out hours later, no one was there. <laughs> yeah. But just that, just that people can turn on you so quickly and just escalate so quickly mm-hmm. that it kind of taught me I had to be able to take care of myself if I'm going to be in a big city like Toronto. And I was completely alone. Like all my family is all back in Nova Scotia. So even here in BC, I'm completely, I don't, I'm alone. I don't have anyone to turn to if something bad happened, you know? Right. So it, it really kind of taught me to be able to not only stand up, but look out for myself. Wow. That's unreal. It's crazy. And you're just looking out for their safety and their own health. No one was mad. them. like I said, they were super fun guys all, all leading up to that. But, as soon as I had to take away their alcohol, it was just boom. Now I was public enemy number one. Oh, that's unreal. Alcohol can uh, bring out the nasty sides of people. Oh, yeah. I've definitely seen that before. Um, so you, when you moved to Toronto, it was to pursue more acting opportunities, right? It was because I graduated from school and I did some film and TV stuff around Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. And... There are things that go on in Nova Scotia, like different movies and series still film there, mm-hmm. but there's not a whole lot. At least I don't know what it's like. I haven't lived in Nova Scotia. I moved, I think it was January 2nd, 2014. So I haven't lived there for a while now, right? Right, right. So I can't 
comment on what it's like now. But back then, it could be like, you know, like a, a movie is going to be filming in April, and then there's going to be a TV show filming, but that's not filming until maybe like late July, August. Right. So there's a lot of gaps between projects there. Mm-hmm. And I was going, okay, like, I seem to be doing well. And a friend of mine reached out to me. This was in September of 2013. Yeah. He just reached out to me one night and said, Hey, I'm moving to Toronto. He was a he was another actor in my acting class. Okay. And he said, Hey, I'm moving to Toronto in January. Do you want to come with me? And without even thinking about it, I just went, Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I just said, Yes, I do. Yeah. And then it kind of sunk in over the next week or two. I was like, Oh my God, like I'm actually going. Wow. Like, yep, I'm gonna do it. And it's one of those things where there's a, obviously a lot more competition in mm-hmm. Toronto. Oh, yeah. But there's also a lot more opportunity oh, yeah. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. That must have been exciting. It was. It was yeah. It was scary. Yeah. Uh, it was the first time I had lived at that point. I had lived in Nova Scotia for 25 years. I didn't know anything else. So and this is where I was talking about, like, learning to get thicker skin and learn to look out for myself because I was leaving everything I've known my entire life behind and going off on a new adventure. Wow. So what what got you into acting? Do, was there any kind of movies or somebody who who kind of suggested it to you? So when I was younger, I mean, I've been this way my entire life. I was mm-hmm. always kind of like the entertainer. Right. I always like to... There, if I could like make somebody laugh, and I don't mean like ha-ha, like chuckle. I mean like genuinely laugh, it was a good day. Yeah. I just, I've always had a lot of joy in entertaining people and making people laugh. And I remember when I was younger, I was like, maybe I want to be a singer. But then I realized I couldn't sing. So I threw that out pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of an issue. Yeah. Um, but I always, like, I would watch movies and I'd watch the same movies over and over and over again. And I just loved going to the movies. Nice. Loved it. I would go every weekend if I could. And when I was younger, my father used to take me. A lot movies that he would have no interest in, but mm-hmm. like we we would go because I just I like loved going to the movies. And nice. I it wasn't until I was sixteen when I auditioned and got cast in my first play. It was actually The Hobbit. Oh, cool! It was like a summer production at the community. So I between I left when I like finished elementary school. I moved to uh, a bigger town but it was still a small town Uh, but they had like like community theater and stuff there and that's where i got involved with it and when Mm -hmm. i did the hobbit i was like this was a really fun summer i really enjoyed it and i knew i always wanted to like get into like the drama classes in high school once i got there they had drama classes for 10 11 and 12 okay yeah so i did drama 10 and absolutely loved it which i was not surprised Mm-hmm. and the teacher the teacher that i had is to this day probably one of the best people i've ever met and at the time i was really struggling with things like you know bullying having, oh, yeah. like no self-confidence mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff and he kind of taught me how it's okay to kind of let go and give in to like these characters whatever even if we were just doing like an exercise like a drama exercise uh, in class and i was finding when i was doing that like i was if you look at photos of me from like junior high and high school you can look at it for one second and you can just tell i'm not comfortable in my own skin oh yeah like just super i I was paranoid of everyone i didn't trust anybody like even like like i've had people who would like 
be my friend, but because of like the bullying and stuff, I'd always be like, okay, but when are they going to stop being my friend? When when are they going to not want me around anymore? So like I had all that going on in my head for years. Mm -hmm. But during these moments where we'd be like acting out like a scene or whatever, and I was this character, all of that stuff that was living in my brain 24-7 was now gone. Oh, that's awesome. Even if it was just like a two-minute scene, three-minute scene, whatever, for those two to three minutes, it was gone. Yeah. And as much as I loved it, it was like the gradual start of me beginning to work through all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And and that kind of carried into when I did acting at university. So we, for the way my program was designed, you went for your first year, which was like a general year. Okay. Um, and there was like two acting prerequisites you had to take. And mm-hmm. then at the end of the year, you could audition for the three-year acting program. And oh, okay. at the end of it, at the end of the first year, I did the audition and all that. And I kind of explained this to them. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's it was kind of like unintentional therapy for me in a way. Uh, just being able to express myself and be comfortable in my own skin for once. And I remember at the end of the fourth year, because I got accepted into it. Right, um, right. At the end of the fourth year, one of the professors brought that up. And she was like, I, I remember reading that and being worried that you were looking for us to be your therapist and whatnot. I was like, no, no, no. I wasn't looking for you to like be my therapist, but mm-hmm. just learning how to express myself and not be afraid to take risks. I got exactly what I not only wanted, but needed out of the program. Oh, that's amazing. That sounds like it was a really amazing experience for you. And like realizing that at such a young age, that, that's got to help you grow up quite quickly, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I've always... People... You, I, I have, like, a pretty crazy sense of humor. So if you've ever seen any of my streams and whatnot, mm-hmm. like, I'm not afraid to get silly and laugh at pretty much anything, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I even when I was young, I think I've always kind of had, like, a mature brain, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah I, I know. I've always been able to kind of, like, see past certain things or, like, understand, like, well, this is wrong or... I shouldn't be doing this. I really should be doing that. And I even remember one time uh, when I was rehearsing for a show in the acting class, I was playing an older character and mm-hmm. I was I, I wasn't meaning to do it, but I was like accidentally aging my voice a little bit. Oh, okay. okay. And the director called me out on it. And I remember going on like this spiel like, okay, so like, I know I'm not supposed to do it. And I know and I'm not meaning to do it. But I think in my head, because I'm picturing this character and how much older he is than me, and then blah, 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 blah. And this is why even though I know it's wrong, my instinct is to keep doing it. But I need I know I need to do this and do this and do that and to make it stop. Mm-hmm. And one of my professors was sitting in the uh, the the seats just listening to this. And she chimes in and she goes, that's really fascinating that you're able to self analyze like that. Oh, yeah. She was yeah. my vocal coach. And she was like, what you're saying is correct. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's hard to do at, at any age, let alone, be, you know, being much younger, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a bit of an older guy. And I struggle with that. <laughs> so um, that's really cool, man. And you mentioned I in the podcast, I, I listened to um, that you were in, you, you talked about how to be a good actor, you need to experience life and i thought that was extremely profound because i think that kind of applies to almost any especially when it comes to art when it comes to mm-hmm. um just growing as a person now were you always conscious of that through your through your journey through acting and streaming that you need to experience life 
Yeah. It, it was something I think I was aware of, but it became really clear during the my time with the acting program. Mm-hmm. And, and actually a fantastic example. So one of the monologues from one of my shows that I did in the acting year, I I got great feedback from my classmates, the director and the, the public who came in to see the show, like a lot of really, really, really great feedback. I remember talking with the director afterwards and she was like, she was telling me I did a good job and all that. But she could tell I was kind of like unsatisfied. And she Mm -hmm. was like, what's going on? And I was like, I just feel like I could do it better. I don't know how. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there was something holding me back. But I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because I actually have the script right in front of me. I can see it on my little shelf to my left over here. Oh, cool. I've been about a week or two ago because I'm starting to try and do some acting stuff for online content. Right. And uh, part of like uh, some fan house stuff that I'm slowly working on. And this monologue I'm revisiting mm-hmm. and trying to like relearn it and everything. And even as I'm just practicing it now before I film it, I'm going through it. And I remember telling that to the director all those years ago. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about because I've experienced so much more things in life, I'm much more of a mature person that even though I understood the monologue back then, mm-hmm. I feel because of my life experiences, I'm connecting with it so much more. And right. so many things that the character is saying has so much more weight to it now that when I I'm hoping to film it tomorrow, to be honest, I don't know if I oh, wow. know, but I'm hoping to. Yeah, I can just feel that change and I can feel the difference between the actor back in it would have been 2002. No, 2011, Mm -hmm. 2011, 2012, around there versus the actor I am today in 2021. Same monologue, Mm -hmm. same character. It feels different because I am putting so many life experiences into it that Mm -hmm. I did not have at the time. Oh, yeah. That that kind of thing is really vital. I um I don't think I mentioned it before, but um I dabbled into online film criticism once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one writer I really respect. I was reading one of these articles where they ask film critics a question, and they're like, "How do you improve as a writer?" And one of the first things she said was, "You have to live life first. You have to fall in love. You have to have your heart broken. You need to." get friends you need to lose friends you need to work and you need to do all this and mm-hmm. i was like hell yeah that's so true because <laughs> like you, even you look at watching a movie for example watching it when i was 18 years old versus now it takes a whole new different meaning because of you know i'm, I'm married now and i've been with my wife for many years and teenager me didn't know what that's like didn't understand love the way i do now so <laughs> it's just really interesting how that well, ties even- in even just uh, last night, I was filming an audition. and It, it was just a one-line audition, like a very small role. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I did the line a few times, did a few different takes. And I was like, okay, what's wrong with this? Yeah, It's only like four words. This shouldn't be this, like, I guess I'll say flat. I'm like, right. well, let me think of a time where... Because like, the character was like startled by something mm-hmm. and like really caught off guard. So I was thinking of a time where that had happened to me. And I was like, okay, how did I feel during that? And I thought about it for a second and then I went, okay. And then I just did rapid fire takes mm-hmm. while thinking of all that. Oh, yeah. And all the takes that I did after that versus before, even though it was the same line, 
completely different take altogether. It, it was completely different. Oh, and that's so awesome. much better and so much more weight to it because I I found something for my own life that mm-hmm. again, no they always say no small parts, just small actors. Yeah. Taking oh, my great. life experience and putting on that one line completely changed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> that's really and cool. I, and I even sent it to my, when I sent it to my agent afterwards, she emailed back. She's like, I like it. Smile emoji. I was oh, like, that's hey, awesome. that's pretty good. Because <laughs> like a lot of times I'll just send it to her and she'll be like, thanks, thanks, thanks. But she actually was like, oh, yeah. no, I like this. So I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wicked. That's really cool. I, I like hearing about that. Um, and hopefully the studio thought the same thing. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to keep me posted on that. Um what what's the uh what's the audition process like for you? Like what what's the So now because of the the pandemic and everything, right. it it's pretty much shut down for the first year, mm-hmm. which was unfortunate because I moved here in uh June 1st is when I got here, June 1st, 2019. Okay. And then I I took the first month just to get everything settled and situated. Mm-hmm. But then after like, I think like three to four weeks, I was like, all right, time to go find an agent. And then I found one really quickly, luckily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and signed with them. And she even told me straight up, she was like, okay, so you're new in Vancouver. Nobody here knows you. So it's going to be a very slow start for you. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I would get like, an I think I had like an audition in August. And then the next one wasn't until like the end of September, something like that, like really spread out. Right. Oh, wow. And finally, one day a casting director called her and was like, do you have anyone I haven't seen? Like, I'm looking for some new people. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, she used my real name, but she was like, yes, I have submitted Sergeant Fidget to you. (laughs) <laughs> multiple times yeah and you haven't brought him in and the yeah. casting director was like all right fine bring him in mm-hmm. so i went in and did the audition and i was like okay thanks for having me and then i left and my agent told me afterwards that the casting director actually called her and was like oh he's actually good oh that's awesome so after that i i started getting a few auditions but then uh you know december january whenever it was Mm -hmm. the industry shut down for the year because of pandemic right so when i finally started getting into the room everything shut down yeah i'd only been here for six seven months at the time yeah so then though once everything started opening back not opening back up but kind of getting back in gear around the end of 2020 ish Mm -hmm. they changed it now so a lot of casting directors well actually everyone is doing self-tapes okay self-tapes was a thing before but it wasn't as predominant like you a lot of time you would actually go into the casting director's office and film the audition there right now because they couldn't bring people in everything was through self-tapes and because they don't need to make time to bring people in they can see more people for the roles. Oh, okay, so they're yeah. seeing more actors now. So because of this, more casting directors have been bringing me in for different things. Yeah. Then I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to do because nobody knew who I was previously. And it's kind of nice where if you go into a casting director's audition, more than likely you get one take. Right. If they like you or they think they can work with you just a little bit, you'll get like a second take. But they're on like very they don't have time they've got so many actors they need to get through for multiple auditions for multiple projects throughout the day right oh yeah yeah yeah. but it's kind of nice where i've been lucky where i have a friend who's been he's been my reader the last year and a half essentially 
mm-hmm. where we'll get into a voice call and I'll be like, okay, let's just run the lines for a little bit just yeah. so I can hear the dialogue out loud. Right. And then once where I'm like, okay, yeah, we got it. Now let's start playing with it. Mm-hmm. And I will just, we'll just play with it for sometimes I'll do like two takes and be like, yeah, that was great. Other times I'm not happy with it for like a half hour, 45 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have the luxury now of really kind of working it opposed to just you get your one take, don't screw up and you're out. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, live, you'd just you'd have your one shot. Now you can, like, submit your best take, right? Exactly. Oh, that's really cool. And it's kind of to the point where I almost don't want to go back to in-person auditions. Oh, yeah. Because this bet. has been so nice. Yeah. And, I, and I've been lucky where uh, most actors don't have this, but since I'm a streamer, mm-hmm. I have a full studio right here. I have a professional mic. I have lights. I have a camera. I have a green screen. Like, I literally have it all. Yeah. I was actually just about to ask you, I was like, I bet you as a streamer, you probably have a pretty big advantage with yep. having gear ready to go. And I have like great gear that I can use for both auditions and stream. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Is uh, You've probably seen the movie La La Land, right? Surprisingly, I haven't. I know what Whoa. it is, but I actually <laughs> no haven't seen it. No, it's... Uh, I have a really funny relationship with that movie, but like I hated it the first time I watched it, and then I fell in love the second time I watched it. But there's one scene in particular where uh, the lead actress goes on an audition, and like all the girls there are wearing all the same outfits, have all the same hair, and I was like, I wonder if that's what it's really like. So it's pro- I can tell probably you, an exaggeration, but no, actually, oh, oh, go I can, ahead. I can tell you a funny story. Yeah. So this was when I was in Toronto and I went to audition for something and it was at a place I hadn't been to before. Right. So when I was I got to the area, like I'm looking at the address on Google Maps and I'm like, I'm apparently standing right in front of it, but it's not here. Yeah. Like I, the street number, like blah, 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 blah. It should be right here, but it's not. Yeah. I'm like, where is this place? I'm like, I'm going to miss this audition because I can't find it. And I'm dead serious when I say this. Finally, as I was standing there on the street, I saw someone walking down the opposite side of the street. Yeah. Towards me, but on the other side. Okay. I looked over at him and I said to myself, that guy looks like me. (laughs) Okay. I bet he's going to the audition. Yeah. I'm going to follow him. Yeah. And no joke, I followed him down an alley. (laughs) And sure enough, on the left, there is the audition that I've been looking for hidden in an alleyway between two buildings and followed him in and he took me right to the right place wow (laughs) i never said a word to him i didn't ask if he was going i just followed him and he took me to the right place so that's uh there is some some uh oh yeah truth to that oh yeah that's amazing (laughs) that's crazy so we talked about streaming How, how did you get into streaming you started in 2016 right uh is that january 2016 yes i think that is right yes because i (laughs) like a lot of people when i first heard about twitch Mm -hmm. i was this was back with like i first heard about twitch when i was playing destiny one okay so about 2014 2015 um a friend of mine was telling about he's like yeah people on twitch like we can watch them play destiny and all that and i was like wait why would i watch someone play destiny when i can just play it myself that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah that's yeah stupid. That's oh it dumb. is yeah but even though my reaction was that's dumb there must have been something in my brain that was intrigued because even though that was my reaction i kept going back yeah and i would watch it and i'd watch some more and finally one day i was kind of like you know what i like video games mm-hmm. 
I like trying to entertain people. Yeah. I'm very good with improvising and talking with live audiences because I've done it multiple times. Right. I feel like there's something here. I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. But I feel like I could do something with this. So finally, I couldn't, when I first had the idea to do it based on my living situation at the time, I couldn't do it. Right. But finally, in uh, would have been November 2015, I moved into my own place. Okay. And then got what I needed. And by January 2016, I gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. And all these years later, here I am. <laughs> That's unreal. And when you first started, you were more into variety streaming, right? Like playing multiple different kind of games. So I've been streaming for just over five and a half years now. Because right. well, it'll, so it'll be six years in January. Right. It's what October. It's October fourth when we're recording this. So in January, yeah. it'll be six years. For the first four and a half years, I was variety. Would right. literally just do whatever I wanted. And people are like, there's truth to that. There's a lot of truth to this, to be honest. But people used to tell me early on, like, growing is a variety. Like, you can't do it. Like, you're, you, you, you'll never grow. You'll, you won't get partnered. Yada 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 yada. Mm-hmm. And then I did it. I got partnered as a variety streamer Mm -hmm. and it was great for years and i really do and i I really enjoyed it and i I still miss getting to play a lot of different games right but the issue is and this is where i was saying there is truth to what they were saying for about two and a half to three years i felt where on one hand i'm lucky that even today i still have people watch me who found my channel in the first two to three months of me starting to stream oh wow so almost six years later they still watch me on an almost daily basis yeah that's crazy in that aspect i consider myself insanely lucky and so grateful that they still find me entertaining six years later Mm -hmm. but i found in terms of growth the channel wasn't going anywhere it was very stagnant if not even declining a little bit okay for like two to three years and when you're putting all your effort into something and you're not seeing that growth for that long it can really start to affect like your mental health you know oh big time so finally when uh the silent hill chapter released on dead by daylight mm-hmm. i was like i like silent hill let's let's give this game a try i just booted it up one day okay and i played pyramid head yeah and i remember thinking like oh i'm doing pretty good i'm, I'm doing pretty good and then i had people in my community already who had played this game for years and years oh right okay and a lot of people were like um you're getting really good at this really quickly i was like am i they're like <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like oh i'm having a lot of fun with it yeah. i'm gonna keep playing and then i just kept having fun i played a lot of killer a lot of pyramid head like loved it was having more and more fun mm-hmm. and of course i had that initial thing where people from the variety days a lot of them no i shouldn't say a lot that's not right but some right. of them weren't a fan of Dead by Daylight. Oh, okay. And then I have friends who I've known for years who just aren't fans of Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. So those people, not 100%, but for the most part, kind of stopped coming around, yeah. which was, it was rough because it was, it was sad to see them not want to come to your stream anymore, right? Oh, yeah, big time. But it was one of those things where like, I'm having a lot of fun with this game. And I'm having a lot of fun making content with it. I'm just going to keep doing what I've always done, which is what I want to do. And what right. I want to do right now is I want to play this game. But eventually started to pick up a little bit and you know, gradually it was growing and growing and people started asking me if, like tips for this killer, that killer, 
And then I even started playing a bunch of Survivor as well. And people thought I got good at that quickly, too. So people ask me even like Survivor stuff now. And then uh, in the summer, about three or four months ago, I think it was like June or July, I started doing TikTok stuff and posting some of my Dead by Daylight stuff on TikTok. Well, that has been snowballing even more to where like it's almost a daily, if not a daily occurrence now where I get people coming in. I mean, like, I'm from TikTok. Your your TikToks make me laugh. I love your content on TikTok. Oh, my God, you're, you're live. I'm finally getting to catch a, a live stream. I'm here from TikTok, like, daily. Oh, that's cool. So now, and one of my initial goals from when I first started streaming was, like, I, I believe in setting small, like, a big goal, but having small, achievable goals in between. Just yeah. so, like, something to keep you motivated, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like, go big or home. Like, you can hit these other goals as you're working up. But one right. of, like, my long-term goals was to uh, average 100 viewers. Right. And I have been finding over the last few months, especially since I started posting stuff on TikTok, that we have gone from... I, I would say when I was doing variety, I would probably be, like, around 50 viewers. Right. I don't know, like, an average. Mm-hmm we're really close to hitting that 100 average that's super cool um the i all have a lot of days where we'll we will hit 100 viewers with like with no raids or anything mm-hmm. but like the average it, it counts like from the second you're live to the second you end right so right, like, right. say say i hit 100 viewers by like the third hour but maybe that first two hours, it was like well, 40, 45, 50. Like that factors into the average, right? Right, right. But even still, I think it's around the average is around 90 now. So to kind of go full circle, this is what people were saying about it's really hard to grow with variety. It even is. though I, I was lucky to do it and get partnered doing it, which is really, really, really hard to do. Yeah. There's not that consistency there. So someone may show up on week one and love all the games I'm playing that week. But then on week two, they're not a fan of those games. So they, they, they leave, they don't come back. Oh yeah. So at least with dead by Dale, I had that initial thing where people didn't want to watch anymore, Mm -hmm. but I've now have so many people where it doesn't matter if I'm playing killer or survivor. They're there. They want to watch. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've noticed that too, when it comes to variety, it at all scales of streamer, you know, Ninja, the, the biggest example, he'll be, playing valorant and league and then he'll switch to like final fantasy or something like that Mm -hmm. and his viewership goes down by like 80 percent or something like that and it's like crazy like (laughs) far cry 6 is coming out this week and i'm looking forward to playing it because i love like open world games like rpg games like skyrim witcher 3 all that stuff like i love those games Mm -hmm. i'm very much looking forward to playing it and i know i'm gonna have a good time playing it but Mm -hmm. i also know for a fact that my viewership will go down. Yeah. Because it's not the the base game where I've been growing the the community over the last year and a half or whatever it's been. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's that's just not something you can avoid. That's just yeah, how it is. It, it kind of is like the elephant in the room, right? Because I noticed, I, I think in the past, I looked at some of your past streams and looks like you dipped your toes into like the Resident Evil games. And Oh, I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Oh, cool. Anytime a Resident Evil game comes out, I'll be on that. Absolutely. Nice. How were those streams for you? Did you People have a love good time my Resident Evil streams. I even yeah. I even do them every now and then. I'll be like, guys, I'm not really in the mood for Dead by Daylight. Who wants to do like a Resident Evil One story night where I'll play through, I'll like explain things that's going on, I'll read through all the notes for people to get the backstories and whatnot. So 
Because oh, that's like, awesome. I've played like the games enough where I could play the full game, read all the notes, and still get it done in like at most six, seven hours. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I can do the games a lot, a lot faster than that. But like on nights where we're just doing like story nights or whatever, I can still do the full playthrough in one thing because I know all the puzzle solutions oh, and all yeah. that. Yeah, and that's interesting you mentioned that because like uh, I streamed uh, Resident Evil two and three a while back, mm-hmm. and um, there are people who popped into the stream who are like, "Yeah, I'm a speedrunner. I love this game, and I love watching people's first reactions to Resident Evil." And then you never hear from them after you're done with it. <laughs> it's pretty interesting how that works out. They're just there for the Resident Evil content, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, it happened with Life is Strange as well. I played all those games on mm-hmm. stream and there would be people who would pop in and be like, okay, I saw you go through that moment and those emotions. See you never. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, and I think that happens for dead by daylight too, right? Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how that works. Um, on the, like when it comes to streaming and acting, how do you incorporate your acting into your Twitch streaming? I think one of the things people like about me is they can just throw something at me, whether it's like in chat or if I'm like in uh, like voice comms with friends or whatever. Uh, a lot of people know that they can just throw something at me mm-hmm. and I won't even hesitate and I'll just roll with it. Yeah. I'll just play right off it. Oh, you hear that? I did hear that. <laughs> There's like They're a large, <laughs> it's a large parking lot behind me. <laughs> uh, and I think that stems from like the Im- like improv from acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my jobs as an actor was I did like brewery tours, but it was okay. a theatrical brewery tour where there yeah. was a script that we had to stick to because we were on a very strict time limit, mm-hmm. but it would be 20 to 30 some people every half hour right and no even though it's the same script no tour was the same okay because you'd have people who would like they would they would know it's a show so they would sit there quietly and just watch other Mm -hmm. people would be like laughing carrying on other people would be trying to become part of the show not in like like a a rude you kind of thing a little bit every now and then but like for the most part they weren't trying to be like rude they were just trying to have some like fun with you right like it's a tour where they're gonna have like drinks and beers and whatnot right like oh yeah most of the people didn't have malicious intent but you just never knew what you were gonna get and it was a period thing so people would throw questions of you like of today that i had to answer as if it was like the 1800s so okay stuff like that just is why like on my very first stream i remember saying in terms of a stream like a streamer I have no idea what I'm about to do, but even though I've never done this before, I am not nervous being in front of the camera because my very first stream, I had a webcam. Okay, and whatever yeah, yeah. goes on in chat, I, I'm not going to be phased by it because right. I'm just so used to interacting with live audience, feeding off them and improvising off them. So the I always felt the my acting experience kind of gave me a leg up when I first started streaming. Oh, big time. Like, if someone came into chat, I wasn't like, oh, hi, I'm shy. I was like, hey, what's going on? Hi. <laughs> yeah. Crank it to 11, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I noticed that I commented on that when you you were nice enough to raid my stream last week. And I said, you know what? I did a I did a little TikTok and I used you as like inspiration for like breaking the fourth wall because you seem to be so plugged into like i know it sounds silly to say but it's you're very aware of what you're doing right like you're aware that there's a camera right in front of you Mm -hmm. and i don't think a lot of streamers think about that while they're streaming and even like a lot of times i'll make like a throwaway comment or a throwaway joke and i'll Mm -hmm. say it with completely like stone face and i'll pretend 
Like I don't, I'm not aware of what I said. And people were like, did he, did he? And in my head, I'm fully aware of what I just did. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I know oh, what yeah. I just said to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, I think where you stand out is because it, it's improvised and also calculated at the same time and mm-hmm. super entertaining. So it's just this nice clash of things that work together that I don't think enough streamers think about while they're streaming. They don't. And that's where I it's what, I think that's what helped me with the variety years where, you know, like someone we'll, we'll just use like, say, uh, Fortnite or even Warzone, whatever. A lot right. of like the top Fortnite and Warzone streamers are people who are like crazy good at the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with the variety days, I was coming at it, even with Dead by Daylight, mm-hmm. I come at it from more of an entertainer perspective. So even though you would see me playing so many different games, I was always the same person. Right, right. It, it wasn't like you showed up on Monday and I'm playing uh, Super Mario World, like cracking jokes, having a laugh. If I fall into a hole and die, I'm like laughing at myself. But then on Tuesday, I'm playing Call of Duty and all of a sudden I've turned into like a rage salt fest. Like, no, it was just no matter (laughs) what game was, I was the same person throughout. Yeah. And I think that's what people like about people actually tell me that a lot when they're watching me play Dead by Daylight. Like, I I always say this, too. I'm human. I have my days where I'm like, oh, this game is kind of getting to me a little bit today. But people frequently tell me that, like, no matter what happens, you always just try to put a funny, positive spin on some of the really frustrating things that can happen to you in this game. Yeah. And I think that's what attracts a lot of people, not only just to myself, but to my community as well. Oh, big time. Yeah. How would you say you handle sort of the ups and downs of not just playing Dead by Daylight, but like the ups and downs of content creation? It's it's tough. It's extremely tough. I, I, I've really talked about this here and there, but like even mm. it was one thing where... It was great where this past year and a half of the pandemic where so many people were stuck inside, had nothing to do. So a lot of people turned to streams for entertainment. Right. So on one hand, it was it felt great to be able to be there for so many people. But on the flip side of that, streaming full time during a, a pandemic on my own, like mental health was not easy. Yeah. Trying to deal with all that with everything going on in the world but put on that entertaining face for everyone else mm-hmm. it, it's not especially when like i'm like completely again i mentioned this earlier in the in the podcast completely alone here right like this like christmas last year was the i i'll be 33 in at the end of this month mm-hmm. so this past christmas for christmas 2020 like many people was the first christmas that I wasn't with my family ever because I couldn't fly home. Right. So it was the first Christmas I spent here just literally by myself. I had nobody here. So that must have been tough. It was very tough. It was very, very tough. So having, I've been gradually taking more days for myself if I feel like I need them. Mm-hmm. because there's i hate missing stream days right but i get even more mad at myself maybe not mad but upset with myself if i'm like you know what i'm in an awful mental state but mm-hmm. it's it, it's wednesday i have to stream and then i do right. the stream and then i end stream afterwards and i'm like i was not checked in at all i was not myself i was not my upbeat entertaining myself i could tell i was distracted the entire time and then it starts to spiral because I feel like I put on a bad show. Right. And I was like, I, I need you need to be able as much as you love to do as much as I love to do it. You need to be able to take a step back and take care of yourself. Oh, yeah. You can't 
use content creation as an outlet for your problems if that makes sense. yeah i think that's really good advice because i think pretty much every twitch streamers had experienced that when you're just like well it's on my schedule i gotta gotta be there and you jump in you stream you just you don't feel everything feels off you're like and then you just start to overanalyze things you're like oh, oh yeah. i haven't seen a message in two minutes like mm-hmm. oh no is everybody leaving me and and you're just so yeah it's it's i think it's really important to find that balance and just be kind of honest with yourself right and just and it's why when like i see like newer streamers starting out and they're being like i don't know why i'm i'm not growing i i stream 15 hours a day and i'm like oh my god yeah no <laughs> like yeah like you, no, no, no one is. It's like when I see a 24 hour subathon, mm-hmm. and this is not me hating on subathons or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But when it's like hour 18, 19, and the person just looks and sounds like a zombie because yeah. they're just so exhausted and they're like, well, five hours to go. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, how is this entertaining? Yeah. Like, I feel like you're doing so much harm to yourself when it's it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. It's not good for you. It's not good for your, your mental health. And people who are probably coming in to your stream and seeing you for the first time ever are like, you could be like the most energetic, crazy person in the world. Right. But on hour 19, you're like, oh, they're like, oh, my God, this person's boring. They don't even look like they're alive. And they leave, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to I actually used to test people in twist like i'd go into deliberately go into smaller streams like hey how's it going how how you like god of war mm-hmm. and i'm shocked at how often people would visibly read my message and then just not even respond like mm-hmm. at all and i'm the only viewer there <laughs> and I'm like i'm trying to engage you i'm trying to give you like this olive branch take it you know and it's and like a, it's a skill set it is and i'll it's streaming is very similar to acting music whatever a lot of people and i mean a lot of people want to do it mm-hmm. but not everyone has the skill set to make it a thing not even necessarily like a full-time like job or anything like that yeah but just to actually make it interesting or entertaining or if it was music like good to listen to mm-hmm. everyone a lot of people want to do it but not everyone can yeah and on that topic like i always my comparison that i make is if let's say i were a musician mm-hmm. um or part of a band the live stream would be the concerts right and like the tiktoks the, the twitter the instagram the youtube that's like the songwriting that's the promotion going on the radio being like hey come check us out we're playing at this local bar at friday night if all you do is play shows in front of nobody at a local coffee shop and that's all you do, you're not going to grow an audience. You, you need to write some songs. You need to write some material. You need to put your stuff out there. TikTok. It, it's like, I remember like when Fortnite was like at its biggest, right? Yeah. Like ev- kind of like what new, new World is right now. Everyone that you know is playing it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. like everyone was playing Fortnite. And I always like in the sense of stream what you have fun streaming. So if Fortnite is what you enjoy streaming, then of course stream Fortnite. Yeah. I would never, I never ever tried to deter people from streaming something they enjoyed. But yeah. in terms of like them being like, oh, I stream for 12, 13 hours, five days a week, and I'm only getting one viewer, two viewer. I'm not, I'm not growing or anything. I go, okay, what are you streaming? Fortnite. Okay, so you're streaming Fortnite with one, two viewers? Yeah. For 12 hours a day. Yeah. So great. So you are probably 
channel 12,305 in the directory. Oh, yeah. Do you think people are scrolling all the way? And if you've ever gone into like a busy, crazy directory like that, where there's like 500,000 to a million people watching, Mm -hmm. to get way down there, you literally have to scroll for like 15 minutes. Yeah, you're you're not joking. I tried it once. I, I did that with Fortnite when it was at its prime. Mm-hmm. After about five or six minutes, I just stopped scrolling. And, yep. and I was still nowhere near nowhere near the bottom. And it's crazy. It's it's unfortunate that Twitch is Twitch doesn't have like that algorithm to push or advertise other streamers, even if it was like something like TikTok, where like you go to a page and like it picks random clips of channels and you can just watch them. Something yeah. like that, right? Just to help get people discovered. Oh, you yeah. have to go to like YouTube or like I was saying earlier, I started doing TikTok this summer and I'm three, four months later, I'm already seeing crazy good results from it. Yeah. Like yep. you you need to use other platforms to grow your Twitch channel, which sounds so backwards, I know, but yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what you have to do. And if if say you're like the best Fortnite player ever, but you've never streamed before. Mm-hmm. You, no one's gonna scroll down and find you making all these plays. You need to get your crazy good plays out in the world on like TikTok, YouTube, like whatever, Twitter, oh, yeah. whatever you use. Yeah, exactly. And also, like l- switching to TikTok for for a little bit here. Um, you started posting in June and so- saw some like crazy growth ever since then. Mm-hmm. I think that what you do and what pretty much every DVD TikToker does really well is you're not just putting a clip and just letting it run for 10, 15, 30 seconds, whatever it may be. You're adding like some what I always call a little bit of spice to it. You add a little bit of an edit to it. You Mm -hmm. take great care with what you're putting out there. And I think it's where a lot of people go wrong when they try to like, I tried posting on TikTok and I didn't didn't go anywhere. It's like, well, you got to style it up a bit, you know? And it's all about finding that balance i i've seen some tiktoks where like they don't necessarily do that well and they're like why isn't this working or why isn't this taking off and like i'll watch it and i'll go this is so over edited it is mm-hmm. so over complicated that yeah. i find like the way i always look at it is especially with tiktok i'm like okay this is short form content right doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's a 10 second clip 15 second 20 second no, maybe it's a full 60 seconds. Yeah. I always ask myself, okay, what's the story? Mm-hmm. In this 15 seconds, what's the story? What is the necessary information to tell this story effectively? Yeah. And I, I feel like people sometimes just try to do way too much. That mm-hmm. that simple 15 second story gets lost. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you talk about like taking such care. I was uh, the TikTok I posted this morning when I was doing it last night. And I was trying to pick the music that I want with it. Mm-hmm. I will change and alter like the timing, you know, because you know how you can change when the song starts. Oh, right. Yeah. Or like yeah. where the song, what part of the song will start in the TikTok or whatever. Mm-hmm. I will literally spend so much time. Maybe I'm like, okay, maybe it starts at 12 seconds. Yeah. No, 13. No, 15. Oh, 15 not bad. What was 14? And then I try 14 and just the timing of something in the song syncs up so well with something mm-hmm. in the clip. That it oh, makes yeah. it like a hundred times funnier. Oh, yeah. I will spend so much time even just doing that 
that I think yeah. people underestimate. If oh, you can, big time. If you can get all the elements together, mm-hmm. something can turn out to be so hilarious that was nothing before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy, right? Because, like, you're probably grabbing that from a Twitch clip, which may have 5, 10 views, but then you mm-hmm. throw it on TikTok, you edit it with some music, and you get it just right, and sky's the limit. <laughs> from there, it's crazy. I have I, one of my biggest TikToks is the Ormond one, and it's got, like, 230 thousand views or something like that on tiktok i mm-hmm. guarantee you if i went to that clip on my twitch clips right now it's probably like three or four wow and one of those unreal. is me watching that clip and grabbing it <laughs> yeah that's right and maybe you posted in your discord and maybe two other people exactly. watched it yeah that's crazy but, but there's I, nothing on twitch to promote those clips right no so why no. would they give views yeah um i think i know the tiktok you're talking you, you're talking about and i think i remember thinking to myself wow that was really well timed like that was really cool and, and it's literally like a 10 second clip yeah yeah something like it's, that it's crazy like how long it can take to put together something that short and mm-hmm. it's like i just man it's three in the morning i better get to sleep <laughs> oh man i can get so lost on tiktok yeah what um would you say tiktok has changed the way you stream um I wouldn't say it's changed the way I stream. I, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm still me doing me at the end of the day. Yeah. But there are definitely times now where something will happen. Yeah. And I didn't like maybe I commented something and I didn't mm-hmm. think of it at the time. But like a few seconds later, I'll go, that's a TikTok. And I'll yeah. hit my clip button. Okay. And I'll go back and review it later. And I'll mm-hmm. go, yep, this is something. Yep. This is this is definitely a TikTok. But then there's also times where I've been like, I've grabbed a clip. I'm like, this is going to be a good TikTok. But then I put it in the app and I'm like trying different music and songs with whatever. And mm. as the more I watch it, I'm like, you know what? Now, I thought this was a good thing. Yeah. But it's not working out. It's not working out the way I thought it would or I wanted it to. So mm. I'm going to scrap it. But I I wouldn't say I alter how I carry myself on stream for TikTok. Right. But when something happens, I'm definitely aware of the possibility of a TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I've noticed that, too, like talking about how you break the fourth wall often. And that's just something fu- that's so funny. And I, I think I, that, that feels very unique to what you do on on your streams, which is pretty cool. And it it wasn't intentional. But so my name, Sergeant Fidget, is based off two characters that I played in plays in my acting school. Okay. And the character Sir Jasper Fidget from the play The Country Wife, they constantly break the fourth wall and talk to the audience. Okay. So it wasn't intentional. But yeah. It's just kind of funny that my name is Fidget and I like mm. to break the fourth wall a lot on Twitch. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it works. It works great. I just love doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know that once that you you kind of have a, have a series going where it's like that song where it's like oh dumb ways D- to die dumb ways to die yeah <laughs> so funny I think that was the first time I noticed that where you just kind of looked at the camera and you're like really like come on man <laughs> like the very first one was a it was a ghost face one at a shack mm-hmm. um and it was it was very quick it was just a quick glance over at the camera and then back to the game but mm-hmm. it was just enough where it's like i'm not saying it but you know i'm thinking oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was great yeah you can do a lot like that economy of movement i think is a term that comes to mind with that it's funny like on the topic of of tiktok i mentioned just before we started talking i went into tiktok consciously being like i really want to be a heel tiktok creator like in terms of wrestling that's a bad guy wrestler Mm mm-hmm 
it kind of backfired on me. Like I put a couple out there and they never got any traction. And all of a sudden one of them got like a hundred K views and people were like threatening my life and sending my wife private messages on her Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And That's insane. It's weird. People yeah. will take something so personal mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with them. Yeah. And it could be like, it could be like a, like a 15 second clip of something that's intended just to be like a joke or like, like you say you're playing like a heel character or whatever. Yeah. But they will take that 15 seconds mm-hmm. and judge your entire existence as a person based on that 15 seconds. And then some of them will just go into attack mode. Oh, yeah. And it's it's continued. It was, it was steady for about two and a half months of me like blocking multiple accounts every day attacking like my appearance my age my sexuality and just everything you can people were going into my my instagram when i took pictures when i was sick and i was you know of course i got through it just fine but i was in the emergency at like three or four in the morning being like hey guys i'm not doing so hot just uh just a heads up i don't know when i get out and anyway people took pictures of that and put it on tiktok or like Check out this weirdo pervert guy who we need to get out of Dead by Daylight TikTok. And they just framed all these weird stories that had no grounds. It was a pretty scary time. I'm like, man, do I need to quit TikTok? Like it was it was a it was a it was a troubling time. uh, This was asked in my chat. uh, I think it was last week where someone asked me how to deal uh with things like say like in the post game lobby where they weren't trying to like be like say they're playing killer like they weren't trying to be like a mean killer or out to ruin anyone's fun or whatever Mm -hmm. but like the game finishes and they just in the post game lobby like everyone just goes on full attack mode oh yeah and like comes at you not like just as a player in the game but like as a person and the they they asked how they deal with that and i i told them it's like look it doesn't make it easier and it doesn't negate anything you're feeling any like you know if you're feeling hurt scared or whatever that's all completely valid Mm -hmm. but i think the thing you have to remind yourself at the end of the day is that so much of this is and i see it a lot in tiktok comments and for the record i've met so many amazing people from tiktok so if anyone who's met me from tiktok is listening to this i'm not trying to jump you all into one group (laughs) yeah not at all it's just one of those things where like the negative people are the loudest oh yeah um people i'll find in comments it's just so much projection Mm -hmm. of things that have happened in their life and they want to hate someone for it yeah so a lot of these times where you've You've done nothing, but all of a sudden you're being attacked or accused of things. So many times it has nothing to do with you mm-hmm. and is everything to do with them oh, yeah. or something they've experienced. Mm-hmm. So in, in situations like what you just described, one, that's absolutely awful. And I'm sorry that happened to you. Oh, yeah. But it's it's one of those things where it's like you got to remind yourself, I'm trying to have fun. I'm not trying to go around ruining other people's days. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just trying to put some fun stuff out there, try and entertain people. This sucks being yelled at all. I have all these things yelled at me, but I got to push forward and keep trying to do what I'm doing and then just ignore these people who are just looking for someone to hate because as soon as they realize what they're doing isn't working on you they're just gonna go find someone else so if you like say you quit dbd Mm -hmm. tiktok 
Yeah. They'll just go find someone else to ruin. Oh, totally. Yeah, and I found that once I stopped engaging with those people, then they just eventually, they they Mm -hmm. probably just moved on to somebody else. Maybe they moved on to you. (laughs) Because you said people are starting to hate you on TikTok, right? Like Some people do. Again, I've had the strong majority has all been amazing and positive people. People come to my Twitch chat and they're like, oh my God, you're so funny. I love seeing you on my, my TikTok page. You're the best. I'm so glad I can finally find a stream. So there's been tons of positivity, right? If, if yeah. there wasn't, I wouldn't keep doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they're all like, I remember there's one I have on Midwich where, mm-hmm. you know, in the courtyard, there's that corner where it's a small little corner, but there can be two pallets right. on either side. Actually, there's this is where the secret chest is. If you okay. like certain gens, that area. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So one time, uh, all the other three survivors were dead, right. and I found that the hatch had spawned in that corner behind the, the, oh, right. the stone wall there. Mm-hmm. And I, when I got there, I saw that the hatch was between two pallets, mm-hmm. so I threw them down, Yeah, and I started laughing because I was boxed <laughs> in with the hatch. There yeah. was nothing the killer could do. Yeah. And I'm like, this is funny. This is silly. Oh, yeah. So I start teabagging. (laughs) But here, and this is where the projections start. Yeah. If you actually watch the TikTok, by the time I start teabagging and by the time I finish, Mm -hmm. there is no one else in the room. All the three survivors are dead. So I'm not teabagging any of them. Right. The killer is not there. So I'm not teabagging. It was a spirit. So I'm not teabagging her. Right. I'm teabagging the hatch and how absolutely ridiculous it is that I could box myself in with the hatch and there's nothing the killer can do about it. Oh, yeah. So it was meant to be funny, right? Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But people, and you can go look at my comments, they're all there. Yeah. People see that, they see the teabagging, and they think of a time where a survivor was teabagging and then maybe like an exit gate or whatever. Right. And they have now taken my TikTok as a personal attack against them. Right. And they are now coming at me like I did something to them. I remember mm-hmm. there was one that was like, dude, just leave. You're wasting my time. And I'm like, <laughs> you, I'm like I, I, again, I don't, I don't respond to these. This is not worth engaging with. But right. when I read that, I was like, you understand that you are not in this game, right? Yeah. This oh, yeah. didn't happen to you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. They, they just see that teabagging and they think of a time where they got teabagged and now i am public enemy number one. Oh yeah it's it's that's 95 percent of my tiktoks me teabagging killers and uh oh you are going for that heel ca- that heel oh character. yeah i'm still i'm still carrying the torch to to an extent and uh a tactical crouch people just lose their minds over it it's crazy i like to me. in terms of actually teabagging uh killers i reserve it for only when someone is like you can tell they're intentionally being like nasty i don't mean like right. they they beat me or whatever like they're just playing the game no that's obs- yeah. But, yeah like i even had someone come in the other day and uh the survivor next to me was teabagging the killer of the escape but i wasn't i just left okay and they came yeah. into my stream and they're like why did you teabag me <laughs> oh no and i said my friend go back and watch the vod Mm-hmm. I never teabagged you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. It's um, and and I was solo queue by the way, so I wasn't like I was in a swift with like one of my friends was doing it. No, I was completely alone. Right. But and they were like, oh, okay, okay. But it's like, do you not see that only one person is spamming this crouch? Oh like, yeah. Like you didn't do anything to me, so why would I be toxic to you? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's I actually had somebody recently who uh, got really mad at me in the endgame chat. And uh, later on, like about 30, 40 minutes later, they came into my stream. And they're like, hey, I'm sorry. I was that guy who got mad at you. I've, I've just been having a tough time in solo queue and took it out on you. And I'm like, wow, nobody's ever done that. <laughs> it's always people usually just stick to their guns and just be really mean and nasty. And I've been guilty of that, too. But, yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I try not to be like intentionally kind of crappy to people because you never know what people are going through. That's true. You never know. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Especially like not to use this as like a, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of here, but like it's been a rough couple of years for pretty much everyone, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So with so much going on in the world, you just genuinely never know what's going on in someone's life. Yeah. So it, it, the way I always look at it is I won't start a fight, mm-hmm. but I'll finish it. Yeah. I'm I'm probably both. <laughs> <laughs> I've def- I've definitely instigated quite a bit and uh it's something I need to be more conscious of because like you said, you you just never know what people are going through, right? Like mm-hmm. I this is off topic, but downtown Victoria one time I was just on my lunch break and I went to like 7-Eleven to get a couple snacks and I was walking out and this lady said something really mean and nasty to me right like she Mm -hmm. just I don't care to repeat what she said but I took one look at her and I knew how to hurt her back so Mm -hmm. I said something back to her that was just as shitty and she started she pulled a knife out of her jacket Oh my god. And it was like a fold out knife and she was like unfolding it and I was like whoa like wait a minute like what are we doing here and I shouted that at her and she kind of snapped out of it and she started crying and I was like, what's going on? Like, talk to me. Like I said, I I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. And I said at the same time, you shouldn't have said that thing to me. And she was like, well, yeah, I just, I just got fired from my job. I'm probably going to get evicted and just went on like all these really terrible life events. And And that's again, what I was just talking about projection. It was nothing to do with you. You were, you were the target, but it was Mm -hmm. nothing to do with you. Yeah. Yeah, it was scary, though. And Very scary. Absolutely. Why was she walking around with a knife? Like, uh, she was obviously maybe looking to start something. I don't know, but... I mean, it's... People come into, like, my chat, look, and will, like... You can tell right away, right away, they're just there. They're looking for a fight. Yeah. They're, they're looking for a reaction. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't go their way, they then flip it and they try to make it out, like, they're the victim. Oh yeah, yeah. I've definitely. Now, I'm not seen saying that. that. I'm not saying that's what she was doing. Like clearly, there was actual oh, right. like things going on in her her life. Yeah, but yeah, it's sometimes I think people just want to be heard. That's true. Even when like these really sometimes nasty comments you can get, where you're like, mm-hmm. this doesn't really seem justified. Yeah, it's like you know what? There's a chance that we've said a lot of people want to be a streamer. For example, mm-hmm. maybe they want to be a streamer. Maybe they want to. Maybe they want to have those TikToks that get a couple thousand or a hundred thousand views or whatever, but they can't get it. So they want to have that that platform to like get their voice out, mm-hmm. but no one's listening. Yeah. So they lash out in others, and when they get if they get a response, they finally feel heard, yeah. even though it's not for necessarily good reasons. Mm-hmm. They feel heard for once. Wow, that's really insightful. I need to. Uh, I'm going to take that and put that in my pocket <laughs> for you when do I'm that. dealing. Because I, I quite often I do engage with those people and in a way that just doesn't look good on me. Like it's it nothing good can come out of those situations. So, mm-hmm. Man, that's really 
Okay. New crow starting now. <laughs> Man, I feel like I'm sitting on a couch here and uh, TikTok, TikTok therapist right here. <laughs> no, that's really that's really important and really important to consider, though, because some of the people who do lash out, I do check their profiles and they do have a lot of kind of failed content. And mm-hmm. sometimes I do comment about that and maybe I'll stop doing that because, uh, yeah, I, we don't know what they're going through. Exactly. So thanks for that, man. You're welcome. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, what else was I going to ask you about? Did I throw you off? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, no, it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love the uh, the deep conversation. I think it's really important because, like, the funny thing is, uh, I mentioned like that my heel character I wanted to play on TikTok. I had people like literally half my age sending me messages, being like, "Hey, you know, maybe you should pump the brakes a little bit. I don't think people are getting your shtick." And and it was like people so much younger than me being like talking sense into me. I'm like, okay, fine, maybe I'll uh, chill a little bit. And um, it's funny. I don't know if you know um, Erica. She's a DVD content creator, plays on console. Um, uh, maybe I've, I've actually met multiple Ericas through Twitch. So, oh, okay. Her name is like yeah, it's Erica. That's like E and like four H's and R I K A. But she's she's West Coast based, I think, in the U.S. somewhere. And uh, she started posting TikToks last year. And um, I was in one of her Twitch streams, and she said she was talking about this one clip where she's like, "Man, I posted this clip of me running from Bubba, and everybody got nasty in the comments." And I was like, "Wait a minute!" I was like, "Were you Jane back then? Was that a Jane clip?" She's like, "Yeah, do you know it?" And I was like, "Let me check." Sure enough. On Christmas Day 2020, I look in the comments and I said, not you camping pallets and just dropping them, not even trying to run around. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. And I apologize right away. I was like, I am so sorry. I was that was so mean of me to say. And she's like, oh, it's OK. We're, we're like, you know, TikTok, Twitch friends now. <laughs> so it's just interesting how things can go like full circle. And now she's like incredible at the game. Greed's pallets and. And it's like, all these cool plays. And you just mentioned too about like commenting on uh, you know those some of those angry people. Maybe they don't have as many views or follows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe today they only have twenty followers. Yeah. But a year from now, maybe they're gonna have twenty thousand followers. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And it can happen. It like, does. I've seen it happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty unreal. So I, I think that's the biggest thing I, I I I've been trying to push with my friends and. You probably do the same. Get your stuff out there on TikTok and get it out there. You got to work on it too. You can't just like save this, post it. Like have to put a little bit of, uh, well, not a little bit, a lot of effort into uh, the mm-hmm. content on there for sure. And my community has been so great. Like I ask them all the time, like guys, if you see something that's funny, interesting, weird, good, whatever, mm-hmm. please clip it. Because I can't remember everything that happens in a yeah. six-hour stream. So oh, yeah. even if I don't necessarily use your clip, it may jar my memory where I can go back into the VOD and grab something else related to that and make a great TikTok out of it. Oh, yeah. And they like yeah. I have like a, a, a text channel in my Discord where they can just post all the clips. It's so great. And I always oh, tell them, like, awesome. I don't care if five people clip the same thing and post it. I would mm-hmm. rather five people clipped it than no one clipped it. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like a streamer's best friend, especially when it comes to like putting Mm -hmm. stuff out there on on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Now, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, get your name out there. That's all I was gonna say. Oh, big time. Yeah, big time. So if you're listening, get get your butts out there. Make make some TikToks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess we should talk a little bit about 
Dead by Daylight specifically. <laughs> so, well, this is a Dead by Daylight uh, it, podcast, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, I think that would... I don't know if you listen to Mark Maron podcast. You ever listen to his stuff? No. Oh, okay, well, he's a, he's a comedian, writer, actor. He's got a really popular podcast. He'll talk to actors, actresses, musicians, you know, presidents... Uh, all kinds of political figures. Um, and yeah, they're there to promote whatever movie or book they're releasing, but they also just like to talk about life. And I think that when it comes to, especially TikTok and Twitch content creation, like sometimes, yeah, we're put, putting ourselves out there, but we don't really, I think, take a lot of time just to talk about ourselves the way we have today, you know, talking mm-hmm. about audition process and sharing stories of how you handle content creation, how you handle trolls. And I think I think that's all, all the really good stuff. So that's what I'm trying to go for here is just kind of, yeah, it's dead by daylight focus, but like it, it's also like the human experience, too. So I'm trying to deliver. And that's what's going to interest people, too, right? Oh, yeah. If someone only wanted to hear me talk about Dead by Daylight, they could just come to my stream. I talk oh, yeah. about it freaking yeah. five days a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would be if we just jumped on here today and I was like, so what's your favorite survivor perk? Uh, what's your favorite oh, killer? Yeah. And what's your favorite um, DVD YouTuber? And, and that was it. Like, I'm sure that would be some level of entertainment, but like, it's just it's pretty generic. Yeah, it's a little generic, but we can get to the generic stuff now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So yes. I like Pyramid Head. Yeah, I like Blight. <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, you're a you're a Blight cheater, right? Like you DPI switch. Oh I yeah, think. I'm a cheater now. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. If you're you not tell using, people about that. So I've been I've been playing Blight ever since he got the FOV fix. So right. when Blight first came out. He was actually right after Pyramid Head, I recall. So I got kind of spoiled where my first two DLCs of the Dead by Daylight fam were Pyramid Head and then Blight. Mm-hmm. So I got spoiled early on. Considering okay. how some of the launch went with like Twins and Trickster and yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah. But uh, when Blight first launched, his FOV was really messed up. Field of View, for those who don't right. know what FOV is. Right. Um, so when you would play the camera was basically like in his crotch yeah yeah so and he's supposed to be a tall character so a survivor would literally just walk behind like a box and you couldn't see them oh yeah so when he first came out i was like i really like him but i don't like the fov and they've said they want to fix it so i'll come back and play him later right and then they finally fixed it and i immediately fell in love with him i think he his collision obviously is a constant pain right because it's just so inconsistent at times it feels but he's super fun to play but they were trying to there was a thing called j flicking oh yeah yeah where people could do not 360s but they could do some really really wild flicks oh with him that was like like unless you're like one of the top pro survivors people couldn't counter it there was nothing you could do oh yeah you just get hit Mm -hmm. and i remember when they finally did something to patch it out i didn't do any like crazy flicking or anything like that but even like my basic flicks at like 800 dpi even i noticed i'm like why do they feel so like limited and restricted now like mm-hmm. i feel like things i could do at 800 dpi i can't even do anymore like yeah. i would go for a flick and i'm like that should have hit that oh yeah hit. yeah so i only so i've been playing blight for a while like a while at just 800 DPI. But right. I just very recently, because uh, I uh, so a lot of the, the really good Blight players that I watch, I know they play at high DPIs, mm-hmm. but 
that just makes me sick. Oh, like, yeah. Being at 6,000 DPI all the time. <laughs> yeah. So what I, I'm like, I want to try this. So I get that, that TikTok that you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, people from my community just got, we did some custom games that day. And I was like, I don't care if you guys like escape, whatever. I mm-hmm. just want to practice flicking. And since MMR is on now, I'd rather the game was longer than two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah. So what I did was I set it so I could change my DPI to 6,000 when I want to flick. Mm-hmm. And when I don't, it just goes right back to 800. Oh, okay. And what it does, it allows you to do kind of like, 90 degrees or even depending like even 180 degrees if you like flick over and over and over and over again right and it just makes him so much more versatile but Mm. what you were talking about cheating was someone was like well your dpi is higher than mine and so you're cheating and it's (laughs) like okay do you think every player that you've ever gone up against in dead by daylight Fortnite, call of duty halo whatever mm-hmm. do you think everyone is using the same sensitivity the same dpi the same keyboard the same mouse no yeah it's absolutely ridiculous and one mm-hmm. person replied to me uh saying they, they don't they don't like flicks like that because it's too hard to uh counter right. and whenever people come to me for advice like that i don't try to be like ego like yeah i'm a good player i'm better blah 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 i was like okay so you're having trouble with this here's what you can do and i tried just to be like genuinely give like a helpful tip on if you encounter blights that are doing this it's tricky but basically what i said was so say you're running right like say mm. you're running right around shack right i was right. like okay when you go around the corner they're gonna flick at you right what you want to mm-hmm. do is when you go right around that corner, you're then going to spin out left. And yeah. by that point, the blight is going to flick in right, but you're going to be out left. So he's going to miss you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's hard. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's easy, but yeah. that is a counter that you can do. And again, I was just trying to be helpful and give right. a tip. Mm-hmm. This person replied and be like, yeah, but you're better than most of the people who play this game. I've seen too many of your TikToks. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so the fact that you just said you've seen too many, and I clicked on the problem, like, does this person follow me? And they didn't. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so clearly I show up on your for you page a lot. Yeah. You don't like me. Mm-hmm. I made the foolish mistake of responding to a somewhat negative comment and I was trying to be helpful. Yeah. But you're just mad at me. Mm-hmm. So sorry for trying to give you the counter essentially to what you were watching me doing. I yeah, was trying to help yeah. you counter what I was doing. Oh, yeah. You you just don't like me. So that was stupid on my part, I guess. Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. <laughs> it's crazy the amount of like the, the links people will go to say that such and such method is cheating. And, you know, DPI switching has been a thing forever. Yeah, almost since the creation of the mouse. I don't want to say like right away, but like gaming mouse out there, Razer, Logitech. Uh, mm-hmm. steals here whoever they, mm-hmm. they're all built in thing it's not like something you have to like it's not like breaking the firmware on like a phone where you have to custom set it up no yeah. they all come with it yeah it's a default yeah. option yeah it's there for a reason <laughs> i guarantee you there are uh, like snipers in call of duty for example that mm. will play maybe at like i don't know i'm just gonna make up a number here maybe they play at 800 dpi right but then when they snipe in they hit mm-hmm. their button and it lowers it to 400 Oh, yeah. Because it gives yeah. them pinpoint accuracy, right? Mm-hmm. Are they cheating? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and I know that uh, Overwatch, I think Genji is a common character with a DPI switch when he uses his ultimate and uh, being able to, I, I I think they do what like what the Blight thing does, like you switch it up to like six, eight thousand so you could just mm-hmm. rapidly move and change your angles super fast. And mm-hmm. it's just a mechanic, you know, <laughs> it's um yeah, another controversial thing i see quite a bit on tiktok and twitch and i i hate that it's even a thing people getting upset over stretch res now <laughs> do you have any do you have any hot takes for stretch res so <laughs> at the end of the day i don't really care if someone uses stretch res or not yeah um but i Ots darva did a thing recently right where he was testing with Ghostface on stretch mm-hmm. res and they would turn stretch res off so it would just be like your normal base resolution. Yeah. And the survivor couldn't reveal Ghostface over like uh, one of the jungle gym tiles. But as soon as they turned stretched res on and they were at the exact same tile, they could now reveal him because they could see over it with their camera. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's like crazy. It, anyone who says it doesn't give them an advantage is lying to you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I personally don't care. If, say, I'm surviving and I see the killer, like, say the killer is a streamer and someone in my chat ever was like, oh, they were using stretch res. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to start, like, insulting the people. I follow people on TikTok and Twitch that use stretch res. I personally think it looks gross to look at, Mm -hmm. but I don't care if they use it. With that being said, Behavior has apparently said that they don't, like, they don't want it in the game. They don't like it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they would do it because as far as I know, you have to do it through um like your if you have like a GeForce card, you have to do it through like the GeForce software or mm-hmm. whatever, like the GeForce experience or whatever it is. The yeah. video control panel, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know how they would like hatch it out of their game. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, I know they don't like it. So Yeah take from that what you will (laughs) yeah i have i've pretty much the same kind of take like i'm not the biggest fan but at the same time we're playing dead by daylight there's Mm -hmm. no stakes you know there's a match will take 10 or 15 minutes and then i can move on to the next one you know and that's one of the things with this game is people take things in this game so personal yeah there's a lot of like personal offense taken and there's a lot of entitlement yeah that's true and I have been gaming since the NES, and as much as I love making content with this game, I love mm-hmm. playing this game, streaming this game. I've met so many awesome people, viewers, content creators through this game. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a community in my life where entitlement just runs so rampant. I'm not yeah. saying it doesn't exist in other communities. Mm-hmm. I just personally have never seen such crazy amounts of it like i do in dead by daylight oh yeah yeah it, it runs pretty rampant like um it's you wild know, it, it is yeah like the the stretch res thing people say well i lost because that person's playing stretch res and well it's or, funny you say that that's another thing i find in this game is if someone loses it's never mm-hmm. their fault it's always oh, yeah. someone else's fault oh yeah <laughs> yeah i've done that a lot myself i'm sure of it and try to be conscious of that but uh i i think once you can realize you're like hey you know what i could have done that a little bit better mm-hmm. just move on and again it's a 10 or 15 minute game and you can just the last match doesn't matter 
I think if they were able to remove like the the remove like the personal side of it, they'd be able to uh, analyze games much better and learn because of it. Like for example, just the other day, mm-hmm. uh, a killer. I was playing Survivor. Yeah, and a killer was it was the end game collapse, and they got me on hook, and they were camping me. Okay, and someone in my chat was like, "Oh wow, look, he's camping." And I yeah. said, "Well, let's look at the bigger picture here. Mm-hmm. We did all five gens really quickly. This killer." clearly struggled in this game yeah yeah. they didn't have any hooks before this they're not camping me because they don't like me Mm -hmm. they're camping me because all the gens are done they have no other objective oh yeah they just are trying to secure a kill Mm -hmm. they have no reason to leave me yeah and i wasn't getting mad or upset or whatever i was just like look i (laughs) play killer i play survivor i understand what they're doing and why yeah i don't take this personal i'm probably gonna die here it's not Mm. the end of the world yeah it's just the circumstance of how the game played out but people will be like uh, like a group of survivors will do say like gens are flying Mm -hmm. and that's fine yeah but then when the killer tries to like catch back up maybe they've slugged two people or maybe they it's like the end game collapse and they've only gotten one hook and mm-hmm. they tunnel the, the the person who got off hook because they're just trying to get a kill. Yeah, it's like people are like, wow, can't believe you tunnel them. Can't believe you camp them. It's like, oh. why is it <laughs> yeah. OK for one side to play efficiently? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But when the other side tries to do it in, in response, mm-hmm. suddenly they're a bad person. Yeah. And, and just for I'm just using that as an example. Killers and survivors are equally guilty of this. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to just pick on one side or the other here. Yeah. Everyone is equally guilty. Oh, yeah. But again, it's where like people can't remove the personal thing from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, look at it more like, OK, the killer is doing this. But why are they doing it? Mm-hmm. now? If someone like say like the game's 30 seconds in and the killer gets you on hook and just face camping, maybe it's Bubba. It's face camping <laughs> yeah. you and there's still five gens up. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a little annoying. It is, yeah. But like context, context is so important and it's so easily forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've um, another thing that I think about is survivor-induced tunneling. Where I had one game where I think I was playing Bubba and I put somebody on a hook. It was in cold wind, I believe, in the middle of of the field. Mm-hmm. And like the other three survivors were all there. They're just waiting to go get the hook. So I go to chase one person. They sprint burst away. I'm like, well, I'm not going to catch them. So I turn around and somebody's going for the hook. And then I down them both. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see if I eat a DS. I'm like, oh, I don't eat a DS there. That's fine. They're on death hook. Big deal. And I go hook the other person. And then the other two are just sitting there. And like, am I supposed to just run away and pretend none of them are there? It's like, And, and we're saying that and it sounds absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There are people who genuinely believe yes you are supposed to leave yeah even though you know all three survivors are right there mm-hmm. they genuinely believe that you are supposed to just leave yeah yeah and it and doesn't make strategic sense no no it really doesn't <laughs> i had a group i that that got mad at me they got mad at me in end game chat and they came to my stream and they're like oh yeah figures you're above a main and total piece of shit and i'm like relax i'm like go watch the vod y'all were just hanging out in one spot and, and this uh, is their ego their ego has been bruised so they need yeah. to come in and insult you to make it make the boo-boo go away oh yeah <laughs> yeah i remember a, a different situation it was a totally different game but some guy was like i played against him i can't even remember the outcome 
but I think he actually escaped me and he was like really good at the game. And, uh, you know, the game ended. I moved on and came into my stream. It's like, hey, I was the so and so. And he's like, you know how much money I make? You know how much more I make than you? He's like, do you realize that I could just own your whole life and blah, blah, blah? I'm like, what are you going on about? Like, projection, insecurity. Yeah, we just play Dead by Daylight. Like, we're not even talking about finances here or class system. That's someone who just wants to be her. They want to feel validated. It probably mm-hmm. wasn't even true. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> th- that's yeah. what I was talking about earlier. People come in just looking for a fight. Yeah. So it was pretty weird. I engaged him for about two or three minutes. And I was like, okay, well, you can you can leave now. And I just banned him. And uh, it's just very strange. Was it in September? Um, No. This oh. was... This was like back in like maybe April or May. If it was, you should have been like when he was like, I could, I have so much money. I could just buy everything. You should have said, well, gifted subs are 20% off for the month. So have at it. That was a missed (laughs) opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) Darn it. That was, yeah, I'll I'll have to remember that if if that happens again. But it was just so weird. Like, hey, you just never know what's going to happen. Um. Did, did you get a chance to play the PTB? Uh, I didn't. I watched some stuff on it, but I didn't play it this week. Oh, okay. Did you, do you have any the boon predictions totems? for the Boon Totems? Yeah. So I was kind of talking about this yesterday. Um, I think it was yesterday on my stream mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, so remember when Rune Undying, like Rune could be all five totems? You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. And so back then, even though I was still maining killer, I almost never used that because I agreed it was like stupidly strong. So when they said they were nerfing, I was like, that's fine. Cool. Great. I don't use it anyway. Awesome. But the reason for nerfing it was because they thought ruin shouldn't have to be cleansed four to five times right fair enough yeah but then why can boon totems place unlimited amount of time Mm -hmm. i understand that uh the killer it takes what one to two two seconds they just like stomp it out or whatever yeah yeah in in that sense it's shorter Mm -hmm. but if they can just place this massive healing boon over and over and over and over again, and to the fact where they can place it over your hex totem. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's not like, say y- you brought Ruin, uh, say, say you brought Ruin on dying. It's not even, okay, they have to break those two totems so they only have these three dull totems to work with. No, they can just take it over. Oh, yeah. And have them all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, I feel like they need to, that one, they can't be unlimited. That seems right. insanely strong. It's crazy, yeah. And I, I so like my gut reaction would be it should be like a one and done. Yeah. But I'm open to other suggestions. Mm-hmm. But just based on like a lot of the footage I've seen, it's so brokenly like so strong. Oh yeah. Like and the, if they stack them, they can just heal so fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that on like the game, like a multi-level map where you could have one totem above mm-hmm. the other. And, Same with uh, Midwich. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy potential there, and um, I think the I my my theory is that they'll make it a one and done, or have like two tokens max, where you can bless a totem up to two times, and then the perk's just gone. But uh, it could be, but say four people bring in, that's still eight totems the that's killer true. has to put out. That's so yeah. many. Yeah, and it has so like it has so much power late game because uh, mm-hmm. if you get a. a either good or bad three gen you can just make a heal station in a corner of a map where a generator is already fixed and uh just 
take turns pressuring Jen, pressuring Jen's going and healing yourself. And my gosh, and I, with, uh, a, but with a swift too, like a coordinated swift. Ooh, oh, good yeah. luck, killer. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other, the other boon perk, I forgot the name of it, but it hid scratch marks, right? Yeah, scratch marks and uh, aura reading ability. So you, while you're in there, you can't object of obsession doesn't proc at all on either side. Um, barbecue wouldn't. Barbecue wouldn't. Yeah. So um, I tested it with my friend. I I used Iron Will, and he shredded me with uh, Demogorgon, and I just left immediately like i just beelined it out of there he had no idea where i was he was still looking for me at the tnl wall where i left him and oh, i actually there was no scratch marks yeah no scratch marks and i wasn't making noise because of iron will mm-hmm. and so i actually went and blessed a totem on the other side of the map and healed myself before he found me <laughs> so it's like it's gonna Man. waste so much time <laughs> they're they're definitely in a very very strong state right now oh where yeah it's like if if they launch in the same situation they are right now mm-hmm. i know even like top killer content creators who because yeah. of mmr are just having less interest in playing killer each and every day yeah. add this on top of it oh yeah i'm not i'm not saying it's one of those things where people are like i'm quitting dvd man everyone yells that i understand that. oh yeah yeah i just mean like i feel like burnout will accelerate oh big time yeah i was actually i saw some of your tweets recently ever since mmr was introduced and it seems like you're kind of in the same spot where it's like i don't know if playing against like esports phase clan every round is any fun like occasionally it's kind of cool but like and you know i i so i said this before mmr was even launched i i, I predicted this where i said you're casual to like average people who maybe aren't necessarily that great at the game mm-hmm. in theory this will be fine for them which is pretty much who it's intended for right yeah yeah like they'll be fine but mm-hmm. all the people who are good at the game and we're going to have like high mmr every game is going to be a sweat fest you are mm-hmm. going to see the same things every single time and when you get uh survivors together who are coordinated and know how to play the game mm-hmm. you are going gens are going to fly and chases are going to be tough because they're going to know how to use the loops effectively and whenever oh, yeah. i go into streams it's like the game will start the killer will get into a chase with one person and before that chase is in or as that chase is finishing three gens just pop oh yeah the yeah. game is three fifths over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So all it takes is for I think it's eighty seconds to do a gen solo. Eighty seconds solo with no um, like toolbox or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Now, I, yeah, I've had that happen a lot. I, I played Killer uh, twice this past week, and I, I won most of my game. Mm-hmm. But it's still like you, I, I, I can't talk to chat. Right. If right. I blink, I miss something. Oh yeah. I literally pulled competitive players when i was playing killer and i because i recognized the names i saw oh. them i was like i know exactly who these people are this is a competitive team yeah wow. um because my like my mmr on killer is high mm-hmm. and I, I always feel like it comes off egotistical to say that but it's yeah. true oh yeah yeah and it, and i think it's fine to acknowledge that as long as you're not like no, not being a jerk about it and you're not I, right i don't want the high mmr that's the <laughs> yeah. thing I, it yeah. is but i don't want it if someone's yeah. like, you're, you're egotistical, you can have it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, yeah. You can take it, my friend. It's all yours. But then yeah. you get the counter of that where people are like, oh, you just want to you just want to stomp new people. And then I say, mm-hmm. well, if that's what you think I am, I suggest you go watch the TikTok I posted a couple of days ago called Something's Up With David. And you'll see how I react when I can tell someone's a new player. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I have no interest in like getting like a dummy account or whatever right. and playing Pyramid Head Blight or whoever and going up against people who are brand new. I have oh, no yeah. interest in doing that. Yeah, and you, you always know when it's somebody brand new, right? You're like, oh my gosh, the way this person's running, they mm-hmm. c- clearly just installed the game like last month. And I, I had a player like that, that's that TikTok I was referring to where I was like, I'm suspicious. And then once I realized, I left them alone. Oh, yeah, I think I saw that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah that's I think that's a good thing to do when when you do recognize that it's just that, yeah, when you run into these bully squads, they're all capable of running and all. I think the current meta right now is to drop pallets early and then jump through a window. So I have played, I'm not in competitive DBD, but I've played some competitive DBD earlier this year, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. You pre-drop yeah. pallets because you trust that your teammates, while mm-hmm. you're in chase, will be getting gens done. Because everyone's yeah. efficient and knows what to do, right? So yeah. that's why the current... Literally, people, whether they realize it or not, high MMR, every game is a competitive tournament match now. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's why people are getting burnt out mm-hmm. and why people... like I myself, I, I say to this day, you wouldn't believe it based on my TikTok and in my streams over the last like two or three weeks since MMR has gone live. I genuinely prefer playing Killer, mm-hmm. but I've been mostly playing Survivor because it's just like... It's still brutal... Mm-hmm. but it's not as intense because you have three other people with yeah. you right oh yeah and i've even said it before mmr went live when i play killer i'm like look i have no issue pulling like maybe like a swift that's really good and having like a good challenging game now and yeah. then it can actually yeah. be pretty fun oh yeah yeah but when it's every single game over and over and over again it's just exhausting in terms of a content creation standpoint, mm-hmm. I don't enjoy it because, like, I can't interact with chat. Or oh, yeah. I yeah. can't they do all the other stuff that I like to do on stream because if I look away for a fraction of a second, the game's over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can take the approach, like, don't care about winning or losing and just play for fun, which is a good mindset to have. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But is it really fun when you're like, oh, let's have some fun? Oh, the the game is three minutes long and four gens are done. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite speed run, I was playing Trickster, and this was when Trickster was still pretty new. I lost four gens in two minutes and 15 seconds, and uh, it was just outrageous. I got into one chase. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, by the time that chase finished, I was down to one gen. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I didn't have chase perks. Like I didn't have um, brutal strength or enduring anything like that. So yeah, they would just pre-drop a pallet. I'd break it or run around it. And they'd run, jump through a window, drop the next pallet. And it's like, man, it's crazy. It's like sometimes I run into these survivors and you're like, is this person good? Or are they just dropping pallets? and Drop pallet. Yeah, that's it. the thing now. Yeah, so I've actually been experimenting with that quite a bit. I think the first chase is probably the most important, and I think a lot of people put a lot of weight in the late game chases. But I think the first one is it can set the tone for the match. Vital. Yeah, yeah. On the topic of like competitive DVD, you're you recently got into shoutcasting, right? Yeah, Champions of the Fog reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in doing some shoutcasting uh, for some of their tournament games so i picked uh, a few dates and i was mm-hmm. supposed to have my first game a few weeks ago but they had to cancel all the games because there was a uh, an xbox issue or like an xbox crossplay issue or something oh yeah they disabled it yeah I believe, for a bit yeah so i just had my 
first one on Saturday. It was Saturday morning. Okay. And I, I hosted and created my own tournament just for it was just a community thing. Right. Uh, over the summer. And that was a, about a six hour tournament that I shoutcasted myself. So mm. I did that before. And then my first one with uh, the league was on Saturday. Okay. That's awesome. How, was, how's that going so far? Uh, super fun. And yeah. a lot of people told me they thought I did a, a great job. And a lot of people were like, you're just a natural entertainer, you're just a natural mm. host. Yeah. So to me, it was just like another stream, right? Just another show. Oh, yeah. And it, I, I was kind of lucky that i the co-host that i had was somebody that i knew i mm-hmm. had never uh streamed with them or anything before but i knew them right and even he, he was saying like man getting to like do that with you is just so easy like to to feed off you and mm-hmm. like work with you and like it was, it was a really overall positive experience i have three more dates uh with the with the league that i was available for oh cool oh that's awesome it's super fun i i enjoyed like i mean again it's the showman in me i like just being able to host things and do things like that so oh yeah to me it's just some second nature oh yeah it's like it's like a new way of content creation right what rather than your your day-to-day it's it's a good mix i think instead of me commenting on my dvd plays like i try to do i get to comment on other people so it's kind of fun yeah oh that's cool you also participated in the light in the fog event right i did yes Uh, how was that experience for you that was super fun i uh that was a a thing where even though (laughs) it was like i guess kind of like a a tournament because there was like points being awarded out and stuff yeah i was trying to go for more of a fun game and a longer game Mm -hmm. like what i played so i played demogorgon for my killer match in that okay and there was a point very early on where i could have eliminated two people with three mm-hmm. gens still up because okay. they were both on death but i was like it's for charity the longer the game goes on the, the bigger chance like of a uh, donation and stuff coming in and mm-hmm. i'm like I, I don't really care if i i just ended up getting a 3k but i was like i don't care if i win lose whatever. like we're just here to have fun and try to put on a, a fun show right mm. so like I, I ignored them for a while and went and chased some other people and i know they had some challenges and stuff they were working on but it was really great just to come together with other DVD content creators and put on fun matches for people to enjoy while simultaneously raising money for poppers and everything that he's been going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great, great event. I tuned into uh, the event whenever I could. I, I was I think I was really busy that weekend, but uh, definitely did buy a shirt and a mug. So good good that was really cool it was it was great to see just the community come together and it was so great to be able to be a part of it oh that's amazing that's super cool and we were lucky we got to open the show we were the first group oh no way yeah yeah, yeah. so we oh, that's awesome helped set the tone i guess yeah oh that's super cool is there like um aside from an event like that are there any moments in your streaming career that really stuck out as like, wow, that's really cool. I'm going to hang on to that. Um, for a while. When I got partnered, it was live on stream. Oh, nice. So I was doing I started like when I first started, I played Destiny for the first month or mm-hmm. first like th- three weeks, something like that. And that's when I realized, no, I want to be a variety stream because I can't just play this one game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I hadn't played stream Destiny in forever ever right and then there was one random thursday night where i was like you know what i'm gonna play some destiny 2 tonight this was like when destiny 2 like first came out was it destiny mm-hmm. 2 or was it destiny 1 so. mm. uh uh i think it was destiny 2 yeah anyway um now let's play some destiny tonight whatever so thursday night not thinking anything of it just playing some destiny 2 the game where i first started streaming with the very first game i ever streamed i hadn't played it in forever like years yeah and then 
out of nowhere, Twitch staff was invading my channel mm-hmm. and I got partnered live oh. on stream playing the game that I started my Twitch career with. Well, mm-hmm. technically it was Destiny 1 and this was Destiny 2, but you know what I mean. Right, right. So that stood out as that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then before that, so I was one of the original affiliates. Okay. And for the one year anniversary of the affiliates, they were putting some of them on the front page. Mm-hmm. And they gave me the prime time slot. Oh wow! Of like five o'clock. Yeah, and it was when God of War came out. Okay. So, as someone who was doing like thirty, forty viewers, mm-hmm. I all of a sudden had about five thousand people watching me. Oh wow! <laughs> and I'd been paying attention to other like affiliates because it was like a, a few days thing. It was going on. Right. And I would see them like someone had like a couple hundred like viewers. Like it was nothing. Someone had like a thousand, couple hundred, like nothing too wild. But for, like I had that such a good time slot, it was like five thousand, boom, instantly. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, everyone was because my chat was flying, as you can expect, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But what stood out for me afterwards is everyone was like fidget. As someone who has never dealt with a chat like that before, mm-hmm. you genuinely didn't miss a thing. Oh, that's you, awesome! You were just rapid fire back with everyone as if you're so used to having that busy of a chat all the time that's awesome so i was like yeah let's do it again i'm ready for more yeah oh yeah you're yeah you're and and like i think i've only been following your content for two or three months now but which would make sense because you discovered me through tiktok right yeah that's right yeah yeah so um but yeah talk about somebody who i feel like you're you're prepped for wherever this content creation thing will take you and you've put in the work and I feel like you're the successes you'll enjoy in the future, the present and the future um, will be no accident because of all the preparations you've made and like just those kinds of experiences you've had and like really came through with flying colors. So I'll definitely be uh be cheering for you uh, I appreciate from that, here man. on out. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Here's hoping. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's tough, right? It's It's tough out there. Like people think about like other content creators like competing with other twitch streamers but it's like you think about there's netflix there's prime video disney plus there's friends family dogs you you just made me think of something so when we were in our fourth year of acting which is the last year i remember one day one of the third years uh said man it's gonna really suck when we all graduate and we can't be friends anymore Mm -hmm. and i looked at them and i said what do you mean yeah and the third year was like well because we're all gonna be competing with each other for roles and stuff oh yeah and i said if you have that mentality where because you're all auditioning for like a similar role or whatever that you can't be friends Mm -hmm. you are going to find yourself feeling very very alone in this industry Mm -hmm. there's it's fine to be motivated and to want things and to go after things and it's okay to be disappointed if you don't get something Oh, yeah. But if you go down the road of they're the enemy, they're Mm -hmm. taking my thing. Yeah. You're going to be in a very dark, alone place. Oh, big time. Don't go down that road. Yeah. I I had a a roommate who was, uh, we lived together for about a year. So he was actually in my acting class as well. Different one than I was talking about before. This Mm -hmm. is another person in my acting class I was living with for a year. Right. Him and I would literally walk to auditions together going Mm -hmm. for the same role. Oh, cool. 
and we just you just have to encourage each other. Sometimes oh, yeah. I book them, sometimes he booked them. Yeah. You but at no it, again, it was okay to be like, oh man, I really wanted that role. That's too bad. Yeah. But you still have to be supportive and happy for your friends because there will come a time where it'll be reversed. Where oh, yeah. they wanted something, but you got it. Mm-hmm. And they'll remember what you did for, hopefully, if they're a good friend. <laughs> yeah. They'll remember how you acted for them. Mm-hmm. And now it's their turn to return that favor to you. Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. And uh, what what you're saying makes sense. Because like um, I've seen so many, uh, just in the DVD world, content creators blowing up through TikTok. And then they blow up on Twitch. And the thing is, like that's still a pretty new thing. Like you started posting in June, I started kind of focusing on in on June as well. And my friend Erica, who I mentioned earlier, she started posting stuff like last December. And uh, there's so many really cool stories out there of people just uh, putting things out there and find an audience and continue to enjoy that success through Twitch. So there's there's a, definitely a movement out there, and it's not too late to get on. Is I it's think never the too biggest, late. Yeah, yeah, big time. But um. Yeah, as much as I want to keep talking to you, I I better wrap things up here. <laughs> yeah, you're you're 15 minutes late to your stream. I am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, I actually posted in my Discord about 20 minutes ago. I was like, "Hey guys, the interview's still going on. I'll be I'll be on when I when I get on." But, I'm uh, sorry if your viewers are listening to this later. I'm sorry I held them up. <laughs> That's all good. Maybe you can write me a teacher's note or something. I I'll get it to you right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it, man. And I know that I was in your stream about a week or two ago, and I can't, I, I'm not sure for how serious you were about this. But if, if you do want to get like a podcast going for Dead by Daylight, uh, if you have any like technical questions, like I've been doing this for quite some time, like, um, I've, I appreciate I've had a, that, man. Yeah, I've had a movie podcast for like eight or nine years now. It, so It's always in my head because as you can probably guess from the last two hours that we've been sitting here, I just mm-hmm. enjoy getting to... It's one thing to always be like talking about like the content that I'm doing at the time on Twitch, but yeah. it's another thing just to be able to sit down and just have conversations like this. Yeah. I really enjoy it, mm-hmm. which is why I could probably even just keep talking if you didn't have to go to your stream right now. So oh, it's yeah. something that's always yeah. on my mine but i'm like what's the best way to approach it what's the right subject for it yada 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 Mm -hmm. you know what the way i got started with this one in particular i went to fiverr i got somebody to design the cover art Mm -hmm. and then i hired somebody else to do an intro jingle and then i said okay that's all i need for now (laughs) and then i uh record an audacity and uh but for the interviews i do that through zencaster this web app that i'm using now Mm -hmm. uh then i just upload it through podbean and uh through podbean is like the the host for my podcast right and and then i just have to submit a bunch of forms for spotify and gotcha all that stuff but yeah if you if you really want to get it going uh i'd be more than happy to help you out on the technical side and i appreciate that man my door is always open if you want to come back on next week or a month from now year from now whatever like the door is always open so you you know where to find me yeah for sure um for i i always like to give people a chance to plug their their content so if there's any platforms you want people to reach out and contact you and so participate Fortunately, it's really easy to find me because I have the same account everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergeant Fidget, so S G T F I D G E T. That's the yeah. same on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube. Literally the same thing everywhere. Super mm-hmm. easy to track me down. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And I yeah, I highly recommend everybody go go follow and yeah. check and out of, Sergeant Fidget. Like as of today, I stream. Wednesday through Sundays, live at 
2 p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. uh, as we've been talking about, lots of Dead by Daylight. But when new releases come out, like Far Cry is out later this week and right. Halo Infinite went on, I like to check out those as well. And scary games in between. So come on by and say hi. Cool. Well, thanks very much for doing this, man. And uh, all the best to you in the future. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Take care, man. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that a lot of fun? I, I had a blast. And and again, Sergeant Fidget, thank you very much for making time for me. My little old podcast here. Um, we could have talked, I, I'm sure, for hours longer, but uh, I did have to get back to my stream. So uh, I actually started Until Dawn and had a freaking blast. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to keep this podcast going uh definitely if you if you enjoyed it be sure you're following subscribe leave ratings and reviews where you can it it helps me out a great deal and i do see the numbers i do see y'all listening so i really really appreciate it so uh again thank you very much for listening and i'll see you in the fog